1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every single Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. I'm going to begin this morning by giving you a quotation from the second inaugural address of Barack Obama. We do not believe that in this country freedom is reserved for the lucky or happiness for the few. We recognize that no matter how responsibly we live our lives, any one of us at any time may face a job loss or a sudden illness or a home swept away in a terrible storm. The commitments we make to each other through Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security These things do not sap our initiative. They strengthen us. They do not make us a nation of takers. They free us to take the risks that make this country great. That was in 1913. We've got politicians. I was going to say, you just said that was. Did you say 1913? Yeah. 2013. Whoa. I was going to say, I know I'm old, but not that old. I've always been 100 years ahead of my time. (laughs) So if you haven't guessed by now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Peter Lance and welcome to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning. My my faithful critics, always. <laughs> well, there's a quote from Lincoln that I really enjoy from 1618. and uh, <laughs> I remember that one. I was around then. Well, today we are going to talk about Social Security. So we have about 65 slides worth of information, and we've got about 53, 54 minutes to talk. So we're going to talk a little fast today, but Social Security is such an important concept. It was first signed into law in 1935. And, um, and folks, if you could see the group of people who were around Roosevelt when he signed this law, you'd think that... Probably all of them need Social Security. They were all eligible for Social Security. That's why they passed <laughs> the law. Pretty grim group. But uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was president in 1935. We had been partway through the Great Depression. Think of what we're doing today. And in 1939, the benefits were added for spouses, survivors, and minor children. So it's been an evolving thing. And it became quickly popular, obviously. Well, it became necessary it became necessary for people to survive. So the most important concept we sort of have to wrap our brain around today is to talk about the PIA, primary insurance amount. That's the amount of Social Security benefit you get if you started at your full retirement age. And that varies depending on the year that you were born. Right. We're going to talk about some of this in a little bit more specificity. But for many people, it's 66, and it goes up as high as 67, depending upon the date of your birth, as Peter said. And And that PIA is important because a lot of people see that, and then when they turn 62 and they think, great, I'm going to start my Social Security benefits, and that's not the amount that they're going to receive. So the PIA is at your full retirement age. For most people, it's, you know, 66 or 66 in a few months. So we're going to repeat this uh, throughout the morning. Primary insurance amount, or PIA, that's what they consider to be the full retirement age. And as Pete said, for most people, it's like age 66. But, Tenny, do you happen to know what the age is in this country where more than half of people file for Social Security? Well, it's either 62 or 65, I think, probably 65. No, it's actually 62. So most people say, you know what, I've reached 62, I can start collecting Social Security, And they do, about half of them. And that's probably one reason why the program is able to continue, because people aren't going to get paid as much if they take it at age 62. So as we begin this morning, um, Bernie Sanders once said, Social Security is a promise that we cannot and must not break. And I want to let you know that every single politician and major politician and senator and president has chimed in on the subject of Social Security, Democrats and Republicans alike. And one reason, uh, well, there's a a few reasons uh, that you should talk to one of us before choosing to collect Social Security. And as you just said, Dad, 
62 is the most common age for people to collect. So people want that money as soon as they can, even though they may or may not realize the benefit of waiting. Um, and one of them is that you may not be able to work as much as you're hoping to if you are looking to retire from your regular job, collect Social Security, and then go back to work even part-time. You may have some um, benefits reduced or withheld. Um, and also your benefit is permanently reduced by collecting at age 62 instead of waiting until you're FRA or PIA. Right, full retirement age or primary insurance amount. So, uh, Tenny, do you think that Social Security is a complicated subject? It is. I know. I don't know the number of pages of regulation, but I've heard you quote before it's in the thousands. Well, there are approximately 2,728 core rules, C-O-R-E, core rules, and there's about 20,000 pages of regulations. So it's very complicated. The worst decision that most people make, as we're going to be talking about, is to collect too early. And you not only shoot yourself in the foot, potentially, but you also negatively impact your surviving spouse if you're married. They're not going to collect as much. So um, we'll talk about some of these things in a little bit more detail. But here's a couple things that people don't know. We've got some sort of insights that we want to start out with for Social Security. Insight number one is that Social Security is inflation-protected income. So in order to collect Social Security, typically you have paid into the Social Security Trust Fund out of your paycheck. So since it's your money that you're paying the premium for, you need to be equally as smart about when and how you're going to collect it. So first of all, it's an income you can't outlive. No matter how, what age you start to collect, as long as you live, that Social Security check is going to be there for you. Right. The problem is, and, and we'll probably get into more detail if we have the time, most people cannot live on Social Security alone. There's True. going to be a gap, especially compared to you know how you live before retirement to how are you going to live after if, you're, if your only income source is Social Security? So think about your claiming decision. You know, in life, most people would rather be early than to be delayed, and they'd rather get a bonus instead of a penalty. So when we think about Social Security, you need to think of the opposite. Early is a penalty. Delayed is a bonus. Right. So the last thing I wanted to mention on this particular point is that Social Security does offer annual cost of living adjustments. And some people think that this is set by Congress every year. Uh, it's not. It's set by a formula that's built into the Social Security system. And your benefit is going to depend upon how much did you earn over your working career and the age at which you apply for benefits. If it were, if it were up to Congress, do you think that we would have some problems already with Social Security? Well, possibly, although everybody in Congress is uh, collecting Social Security, probably. They're at the age of, well, let's say half of them. <laughs> let's be polite. Here's a quotation from uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush. He was the first uh, President Bush and a Republican. He said, and there's one thing I hope we will all be able to agree on. It's about our commitments. I'm talking about Social Security. To every American out there on Social Security, to every American supporting that system today, and to everyone counting on it when they retire, we made a promise to you, and we're going to keep it. And he filed for his own Social Security claim just three years after he made that statement. Going back just a couple of minutes, I, I said that most people, it's not in their best interest to start collecting right at 62, which is exactly what you said most people do. Um, however, that's not always the case. And again, as I like to say, it's a case-by-case -case, uh, situation. So somebody may sit across from you or, or me, Dad, and uh, they have a real, real problem and they need income and they don't really have any other assets. And then at that point, there's really no option but to start collecting. Uh, another situation is if somebody is... Uh, not very healthy or, and doesn't have longevity in the family, well, then it may not make sense for them to wait until their full retirement age. Right. Let's go through these other three insights. So insight number one was that Social Security is inflation-protected income, and you've paid for it. Insight number two is that your monthly benefit is going to be reduced if you claim too early. 
like age 62, for example. And it may also be reduced for taxes and Medicare premiums. We'll talk about that as we go along. And uh, benefits could be withheld if you claim too early and you haven't reached full retirement age. So here's a quick example. If you file too early before this full retirement age of, say, 66, your benefit will be paid to you on a reduced basis permanently. You'll never make a larger amount except for cost of living. Also, if you work and you start collecting Social Security, let's say at age 62, and you continue working, for every one dollar in um, every two dollars you earn over eighteen thousand two hundred and forty dollars, they're going to withhold one dollar of your social security benefits. On the other hand, if you reach full retirement age, sixty-six, and then you start collecting, they're not going to reduce your benefit. So you're going to get penalized a couple of different ways if you don't make proper plans. Um, insight number three: If you're married, if you're a couple. You should always maximize the higher earner's benefit because that's going to protect the surviving spouse. Absolutely. And, and that is where the Social Security can really get complicated is um, when you're doing spousal planning, um, especially if one um, person has a much higher um, Social Security benefit. Then mm-hmm. we really take a closer look at when everyone should uh, file and how everyone files and, and, and has their uh, Social Security started. And you can help calculate that, can't you, Pete? You yep, can sit absolutely. down with somebody, look at their statements, look at their earnings statements, and you can tell them what's the optimal age for them to collect. And there's a very simple calculation if you're looking to wait until your full retirement age. It's a much more complicated, well, not much more, but it's a more complicated situation if you're looking to collect a spousal benefit before that person's full retirement age. There are a lot of other really particular rules. As I said, there's like 2,900 core rules to follow. And fortunately, we've been doing this for a while, and we're happy to help uh, people who need information. The fourth insight is, what if you're widowed or divorced? Uh, You could be eligible for survivor benefits. You could be eligible for divorced survivor benefits. Typically, there's a 10-year marriage requirement before you can get your divorce benefits. Right, and we've talked about that before, about people possibly marrying you know, somebody for 10 years and then somebody else for 10 years. And Oh, I had that actual case. I had the, It's uh, one of the most interesting or funniest, I'm not sure which cases I've ever had, and that was I had a woman who was trying to figure out whether she could collect off her divorced husband's Social Security. And I said, were you married for at least 10 years? And she said, yes. I said, then you can. And, but she said he was married two times before, and both of those were 10 years. And I said, guess what? All three of you are going to be able to collect Social Security from your divorced husband's benefit because his was more than yours. I wonder how many people listening today might be divorced, have been married for 10 years and then divorced, and don't realize that they might be entitled to collect Social Security benefit. And by the way, the ex-husband, typically is the case, doesn't even have to know about it, doesn't have to find out about it. Well, you know, my dear old friend Abraham Lincoln, since you were making fun of me earlier, sorry, said, the purpose of government is to do for a community of people whatever they need to have done but cannot do it all or cannot do so well for themselves in their separate and individual capacities. Abraham Lincoln. I usually mess up at least once per show, and you're usually pretty good about not making fun of me, but it's just not in my nature to let things slip. That's all right. (laughs) You can say anything you want. (laughs) You can say anything you want. Just remember, tomorrow is another day. But I think that one thing you've mentioned that we ought to go over again is, let's say you have a couple, and they're both working, and they're both 62 and the husband's making a lot more than the wife and always has, and the wife decides to uh, go on Social Security at 62. Um, what impact is that going to have? Maybe I've got it backwards. No, no, you if, can, that's, that's okay. a good question, actually. Uh, what, what impact is that going to have if and when uh, the husband retires and if the husband should die? Well, first of all, if the husband had the higher benefit, as an example, 
and he hasn't applied for Social Security, the couple may be making some really bad decisions, um, costly decisions, because they don't get information. So a quick example, let's say the husband is still working, hasn't retired, the wife wants to collect Social Security. If she had waited until the husband starts collecting Social Security at age 66, his full retirement age, she might be entitled to get a spousal benefit, which could be a percentage of his, without having to make a claim on her own. Right. She could get, they, could, they could get, as a couple, potentially more money. There are no end of combinations of claims that become important. So we both have identical sets of material here. We've got a lot to go through, and I'm going to see if we can try to go through these as much as we can uh, together, because there's a lot of stuff here to collect. Um, one of the things that we offer, uh, both in the law firm at Lance Law and in USA Wealth Group, is a handout in Social Security analysis. Um, so we have something called the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. Uh, you can call Tenney at the law firm, 508-998-8800, or you can call Pete at 508-998-8858 and ask for a copy of this Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. And this is a really high quality and uh, really nice paper. Um, it's, it's nice and heavy cardstock, and it's a trifold um, bunch of information, which is printed on both sides. So it's actually six pages of really useful, most up-to-date information. So there's two things that we can really offer you. One is this handout. There's no cost. There's no obligation. We'll mail it to you, or you can pick it up. The second is we will be more than happy, Peter will typically be doing it, to do a customized Social Security analysis for you, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're a survivor. Um, let's mention something really quickly, Pete. I wonder how many people have ever heard of WEP or GPO. Windfall Elimination Provision or Government Pension Offset. Um, it's not for everyone, but it happens fairly regularly for um, certain uh, clients of ours, if you're a teacher um, and you're getting a pension and you're not paying into Social Security, if you work for the government, basically if you're not paying into Social Security um, in your current position and you're going to receive a pension, but at some point you did earn enough quarters uh, to earn Social Security from another job, and we see it fairly regularly, uh, you're going to have a reduction of your Social Security benefits. And there's a calculation um, and that I can do to, to show you exactly what your Social Security benefit will be with your pension. And the other thing you can do with that calculation, Pete, is you can show what's the break-even point. So quite often people will say, well, gee, if I collect at 62 and then I die at 67, I'm ahead of the game because I've collected five years' worth of payments. Right, and the break-even point shows if I start collecting at age 62, I will have earned X amount of dollars by, say, age 73, and if I had waited until age, you know, 66, my full retirement age, um, that extra four years, I will have earned that same amount of money by age 73. But if I am not doing well, um, you know, if I don't have longevity in my family, nobody's lived past age 70, um, then waiting until 73 at that break-even point may not make sense. Or I have some horrible illness or something like, of that nature. So when you sit down with Pete, he'll go through and ask you the questions. How's your health? How, how's your longevity in your family, and let's take a look at the numbers. And then he could basically say, if you wait until 66 or 67 to collect, um, this is how long to start collection, this is how long you'd have to live before you would break even and make up that money that you didn't get between 62 and 67. If you don't know those numbers, you're pot potentially shortchanging your options. But gosh, nobody can tell you how long you're going to live. No. It's, it's, it's a... Of course not. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the thing is, you know, somebody can have longevity in their family. Their parents lived until 95 or something, and, you know, that's all well and good. But then, you know, something could happen to you. So, no, it's, it's a guessing game in the end. Yeah. So, Tandy, what are some of the general things we need to know about Social Security? Well, first of all, you should know that you have many claiming options. You don't always have to take it at 62 or 65. And that the, the decisions you may make will have far-reaching consequences to you into the future. 
both for you and sometimes for a spouse. Um, as I said, the choice often impacts both spouses. So keep that in mind when you alone are making your decision. And very importantly, don't listen to your friends. Your friends are not experts on Social Security. They simply are not. And they've got their own set of circumstances. So um, most baby boomers, people who have not yet started Social Security, they want to know, is the program going to be there for me? And the answer is yes. It's not going to run out of money. And how much can I expect to receive? Well, you get a nice statement from the uh, federal government. Um, for a while, they were doing it just on the computer, and then they realized not everybody had a computer. When should you apply? Easy. Sit down and talk to Pete. Sit down and talk to me. Sit down and talk to Tenny. And we'll go through the whole analysis and then tell you when to apply. And as Peter said at the beginning, Social Security was always intended to be a supplemental emergency program, not your main source of support. So the other thing that we do all the time in the office is we're going to analyze everything about your finances and tell you whether you have enough money to retire on and should you continue working. One of the big questions that we all ask, and anytime we do a show on Social Security or that even involves it, will Social Security be there for me? And I'm talking about me specifically because uh, I'm in my 40s and have a ways to go before I may or may not be collecting Social Security. So will Social Security be there for me, Dad? Yes, it will. Okay. It's, uh, it's called the Social Security Trust Fund Balance, and um, I'm not sure what the most recent number is because it hasn't been published that I've seen, but as of the end of 2018, they had $2.95 trillion in the trust fund. Now, if you said, show me where the money is in the account, they can't do that because what the congressional office does is they borrow the money to pay other things. So it's an IOU, really, that's owed back. We depend upon taxes coming in every year, so there's no big, huge pot of money. But between Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, uh, you're looking at 70 to 80 percent of our total federal budget. Uh, defense is only like 15, 20%. So but most... every year, the Social Security Fund usually has a net increase. So as right. you said, it's not likely to go away. So we don't expect it ever to happen. Um, it would be uh, a political disaster for any politician to ever think about cutting the Social Security program or eliminating it it would impoverish too many people. It's just simply not going to happen. But, you know, even having said that, there's still some things that could be done to make more money for Social Security. For example, did you know that in 2020, if you're working and you make up to $137,700, um, you pay into the Social Security system and you pay taxes and your employer matches it. But if you earn more than that, only the first 137000 is subjected to the Social Security tax. To me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. What if somebody's making $237,000? Why shouldn't the entire amount of their uh, income be subject to the Social Security tax? We'd have more money if we did that. We'd make more money for that. Um, so um, what Congress does periodically is they extend the date out for full retirement age. It used to be just 66, and now it's all the way up to 67, depending upon your year of birth, as you mentioned. Uh, that's on that little chart, by the way, that we offered to give people your baby boomer's guide to Social Security. So don't be concerned about Social Security running out of money and not being there for you. Um, think of it as being inflation-protected income you have paid the premium in every paycheck, so really think about being smart about how and when you're going to collect this. Um, here's an example. This is on page 15 of my outline, guys. Um, if you received a monthly benefit today of $2,000 and you live for 10 more years, guess how much money you're going to be collecting in that 10 years from Social Security? $270,000. Well, that's why we often it's say that stunning. Social Security may be the single b biggest retirement asset for most people. 
Yeah, so let's say you're making $2,000 a month today and you live for 20 more years, you're going to receive a total of $619,000 in Social Security benefits. People don't realize what a huge part of their retirement income this is. Guess what happens if you live 30 more years from today and you're making $2,000 a month? You're going to make $1,070,000 about Social Security. That's without the cost of living adjustment as well, but, I mean, that's just... Well, actually, we, if you look at the little footnote on the bottom, this oh, actually... I apologize. This includes a 2.6% annual cost of living. I was looking in this uh, really six-page, it's called a trifold brochure, but... Do you know that in 1981, the cost of living adjustment was 11.2%? Yeah. Wow. 1982? Yeah. Wow. 1981, 1982 was 7.4%. That's around the time that Jimmy Carter was president, wasn't it? It was Ronald Reagan time. Okay, and it, but it was very high uh, income during that time. Uh, president Harry Truman once said that the passage of the Social Security Act in 1935 marked a great advance in the concept of the means by which our citizens, through their government, can provide against common economic risks. It was in 1948 he said that. Like I said, even Republicans of both parties have made comments on this. President Richard Nixon said, this nation must not break faith with those Americans who have a right to expect that social security payments will protect them and their families. So now that you've answered my question that Social Security will be there for me, how much do you think that I'll expect to receive? Well, you got to keep working, first of all, because when we calculate Social Security, there's a formula for get, calculating how much you get, isn't there, Pete? There is. Um, so the benefit is dependent on how much you earned over your working career right. and the age at which you apply for benefits. I mean, it's a very, you know, fairly straightforward um, calculation, essentially. Here's, here's a misconception a lot of people have. They think that, gee, if I make a lot more money in the last five years before I retire, I'm going to get a much, much bigger check. Uh, not necessarily, because it's an average over a 35-year period. Right. So it would have to be a lot more money over the next five years. It'll still help. Yeah. And we've talked about this um, you know, often. Make sure that you check very carefully your Social Security statement and make sure that Nothing looks really odd with your earnings. It'll have a breakdown every single year that you worked. It'll go 1967, you earned 18000 whatever. 1968, you earned 19000 whatever. All the way, every single year that you worked, it'll have a calculation um, for what you worked and what you paid in. And take a quick look at that, uh, a close look at that, I should say, and make sure that, you know, one year there's not... Uh, a number that's much lower than what you if, if if you took a year off because you're um, uh, a mom and you had a child and you wanted to take a year off then that number would be a zero or would be much lower sure but if you see a low a, a number that's much lower that just doesn't sort of you know match up with w what you uh, did with your work and career then there may be a mistake and that can be fixed and it can make a big difference you know, there's so many personal stories that we've told and can continue to tell. You could have a Social Security statement that shows a whole bunch of zeros because you didn't work certain years. But as long as you have 10 quarters, excuse me, 40 quarters, which is 10 years of earnings, um, you could be eligible to collect Social Security. But that leads to a story that you have about a client who didn't think he was going to be eligible because... He didn't have enough quarters, right. but you told him to go back and check something. Well, he was a veteran in the Air Force and served four years, and he had paid into Social Security. When he looked at his Social Security statement, it didn't show up. It was an omission. They didn't put it down. So I said, go back and get your DD-214, check your record, um, send it into Social Security. They'll correct the record for you. And he had more than 10 quarters, and he was able to collect Social Security. It wasn't a huge amount. It was like $800 a month. But gosh, everything helps. And um, my own secretary, poor Beverly. I hope you're listening today. <laughs> she's not poor. She's at home. <laughs> <laughs> she's retired. But um, she went to apply for Social Security, and she checked her record and discovered that they didn't have some of her earnings history correct. She corrected it. She was able to get a larger check. Always take a look at your earnings statement from Social Security. How do you get the earnings statement, Pete? 
if you don't get it in the mail? Uh, you can get it online, but you should get it in the mail. Um, I've helped many people sit side by side uh, and look at things online, both you know, doing calculations for them directly in front of them if they didn't ask me to do it in advance, uh, sign up for Social Security benefits with them side by side, uh, and also just create an account just because they're thinking about starting to you know collect Social Security, thinking about retirement. So um, I help them set up an online account give them a username and password, um, and uh, then, you know, let them decide from there when they would like to actually retire and when they would actually like to co uh, collect. So I promise no more politicians' uh, stories today, Pete. We've had enough of politicians. So here's an older guy that I want to give a quotation from, Rodney Dangerfield. He said, this morning when I put on my underwear, I could hear the Fruit of the Loom guys laughing at me. <laughs> Peter's not amused. Well, it's an older commercial. I haven't seen the Fruit of the Loom guys in a while, but no, I love Rodney. I love Rodney Dangerfield, but that's a that's sort of a dated joke at this point. But I All like right. him a lot. I still like dated jokes. Right. I'm still We're a dated, dated guy. <laughs> Tenny's a dated lady. I'm a dated guy. Very <laughs> what nice. can I say? Uh -huh. Well, so um, you, you can collect at 62. You can collect at 63. You can collect at 66. Your full retirement age. But you can also collect at 70. What happens if you wait until 70? There's something called delayed credits that you can earn. So between 66 and 70, your full retirement age and the age of 70, if you defer until age 70, it goes up 8% a year. It's like getting an 8% return on your money. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, it's basically, uh, which is what we talked about before, if you wait until age your full your full retirement age, 66 or maybe a little bit older, depending on what year you were born, um, you're going to earn roughly 8% a year um, for every year that you didn't collect at age 62. So I need to insert one more quotation from Rodney Dangerfield, and then I'll get off Rodney Dangerfield, I think. I told my wife the truth. I told her I was seeing a psychiatrist. Then she told me the truth, that she was seeing a psychiatrist, two plumbers, and a bartender. <laughs> he has some good ones. He has some great ones. <laughs> Gotta love Rodney Dangerfield. All right, so we talked a little bit earlier. Let's just discuss this briefly again, uh, Pete. Um, if you apply early, are there other reasons that you might want to apply early? Like if you're in poor health, for example, and you're concerned you might not live a long time, that could be a reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I said at the very beginning of the show is if you absolutely don't have any other options and you need income, then there's no option and you have to collect Social Security and you can't delay until your full retirement age. Sometimes you just need the income and you can't wait. If you're not expected to live a, a very long life, you have some you know major health issues going on, um, you know... That's another reason. Um, if some reasons to consider when you're looking to collect or not is, again, as we discussed earlier, if you're looking to continue to work. If you're looking to continue to work more than, you know, 15, 20 hours a week, even if it's in a different field, and we see that all the time, some people, they, they retire from their traditional occupation but they want to stay busy and they want to go and work 15, 20 hours a week somewhere else just to just to have something to do and just for the social aspect of it. Get out of the house. Get away from the spouse. Yeah, well, whatever. Or, or if you don't have a spouse and you just want to get out and meet people. Get away people, from the dog. Never want to get away from the dog. Who wants to get away from a dog? That's true. <laughs> um, well, but but so that's we, a reason to wait until full retirement age. All right. So, again, as a reminder... If you were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age is 66. Most likely, you are already collecting Social Security. And if you were born in 1955, it's 66 and two months is your full retirement age. And then every year after that, it goes 66 and four months, 66 and eight months. How about uh, 1960? 1960 and later is now 67 is your full retirement age. And we've joked around saying that that will change, I'm sure, very soon. I would expect in the next couple of years it's going to be 67 in two months and then continue on from there again. Well, that's certainly possible. So here's some numbers real quick. If you retire at 62, it doesn't matter when you're born, and let's say your full retirement age is 67, 
and you start collecting it at 62 instead of 67, you're only going to get 70% of the amount that you would collect if you waited until your full retirement age of 67. Yep. I think that's probably astonishing to most people. It's really astonishing. So at age 67, for those born 1960 and after, you're going to collect 100% of your full retirement age. If you wait until 70, you're going to get roughly 128%, I think. You're going to get 28% more, something like that. So the bottom line is this is a, another good reason to sit down and meet with us if you are not retired yet or if you have children um, who may not listen to the radio show, but you do. Have them meet with us to talk about their retirement plan so we can make sure that they have enough other assets to live off of when they go to retire so yep. they can delay their Social Security and collect that much larger of a benefit. But you're also going to get two things. You're going to get the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. Call Peter at 508-998-8858. Call attorney Tenny Lance at 998-8800. You'll get the Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security, and you can also... Uh, sign up to get a free analysis of what's the best time, optimal time, for you to collect Social Security. And let me just correct one thing. If you applied at age 70 and your full retirement age is 67 because you were born 1960 or after, you're going to get 24% more. That's a lot of more money, and that's going to be for the rest of your life. So Will they continue to pay even if you live to be age 100, Pete? Absolutely. You could live to 120. Like I think there's one woman, she just celebrated her 119th birthday, I heard about recently. Wow. She's still collecting her Social Security. Well, George Burns once said, if you live to be 100, you've got it made. Very few people die past that age. <laughs> you have to think about that one. George Burns was amazing. Was... All the cigars that he smoked and... and he oh, lived oh, oh, i got to give you one more George Burns. You'll like this one, Pete. You ready? Yep. George Burns. First you forget names. Then you forget faces. Next you forget to pull your zipper up. And finally you forget to pull it down. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> he lived to be 100, exactly 100. He was born in 1896 and died in 1996. He had That's some great expressions. Pretty incredible. So how do you estimate Social Security benefits, Pete? How do you estimate them? Yeah. Well, I mean, you get your statement you from have Social to look Security. At the statement from Social, we talked about that before. You either get your statement in the mail, which you should get, or you can go online. If not, then you can go online either by yourself or with me, and use one of the calculators, and we can tell you with greater precision. So we also have special software outside of the Social Security um, um, government website, which anybody can go on and do their basic, simple calculators on there. Um, they offer a free calculator, but we're happy to do it. I'm happy to do it, but we also have special software Pete that can go do it better. goes into more depth, uh, including the break-even analysis and more into the spousal benefits. So there's two primary reasons to delay benefits. You're going to get a bigger check to start with, and you're going to get more income later on. So how, what are some of the things we can do to maximize benefits? Let's talk about that for a second. Well, make more money. Or improve your earnings record, right? Yep. St start at a younger age. <laughs> and for gosh sakes, you got to check your record and make sure your record is accurate. We've talked about that. Any missing years? Can you improve your record if you want to work a little bit longer? Um, and then, obviously, you have to apply for Social Security at the optimal time. What's your income needs now? What's your life expectancy? What's your spouse's life expectancy? And what are you what are you doing at the moment? Are you happy in work? You don't want to just retire um, just for the sake of collecting. Most people are happier at work than they used to be, I think, and want to continue working to have something to do with their lives. Well, there's one little very, very important uh, hint and tip that I want to give. I'm not sure if it's in our materials. So I want to mention it. A lot of times people will say, you know what, even at 67, I'm now I'm ready to start uh, collecting Social Security at my full retirement age, um, and I'm going to wait and take money out of my IRA or my retirement account <clears throat> because uh, I don't have to take that money out until I'm age 72. Now they've changed the law. And 
I want that money to grow. Well, you know what? Maybe you might be better off if you took money out of your IRA account, your retirement account first, and let your uh, Social Security account build delayed credits. And that's the ideal situation. And we do have a lot of clients who, you know, have done a very good job of saving money and investing and have other retirement assets. And that's exactly what they do. They don't, they might not even need the income. Um, and that's a great situation to be in. So they will, you know, be able to defer their social security benefits. And if they do need just a little bit, then yes, often we will recommend, not always, but depending on the situation, depending on, um, there are other assets we might recommend that they take money out of their mm-hmm. IRA to sure. get by it to, in order to delay the benefits of... Um, and we do personal analysis for that. Yeah, again, every single situation is different. But Just, I think it's important enough, and it's not um, obvious to people. What you just said was sometimes, and even often, it may be better to take money from an IRA than to start your Social Security. I think that can't be emphasized enough. Yep. And the other thing that we do a lot of in the office is if you are retired, if you have an older 401k or a newer 401k or 403b because you've retired and you've got a a separate accumulation account in addition to maybe a pension, for example, we do a great deal of work in showing people how they can improve their position by taking their 403b, their 401k, and rolling it over into an IRA. We do a lot of work with bonus products that you can get uh, an immediate bump up in value. So again, give me or give Peter a call at 508-998-8800. So we've got about another 10 minutes to still cover some um, significant things here. Um, Most important mistakes people make are collecting at 62, um, not waiting until full retirement age, or perhaps taking Social Security before taking some IRA money and not allowing Social Security to build. There's lots of mistakes people make. We can show you, show you the pros and cons and do the analysis for you, and that's critically important. Um, so let's talk about taxation uh, just a little bit. And um, Social Security income can be taxable. A lot of people think that it's 100% taxable. No, it's not. Um, the maximum amount of Social Security income that can be taxed is 85%. So you can't ever, you don't have to pay taxes on more than 85%. And then that also depends upon what your earnings are. I'll give you one quick, uh, two quick examples. If you're a single person and you're making less than $25,000 of income, let's assume you're retired, or or you're doing something um, part-time. If you're making less than $25,000, your Social Security is not going to be taxed at all. And unfortunately, that amount is not a whole lot different if you're married. And if you're married and your total household income is $32,000, if it's under $32,000, you're not going to pay any taxes. If it's over that, then it could be up to 50%. And right. if it's over $44,000 a year, then it could be up to 85%. Right. And um, some of that's contained on this tax chart also. So that's why this Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security is a very important document. You know, there are some things that you can do, Tenny, though, that you can minimize taxes on Social Security. You can reduce other income if you had uh, tax-advantaged investments. Uh, not municipal bonds, however, that doesn't qualify. Or you can anticipate the timing of your IRAs and how that interacts with your Social Security. Um, If you take a bunch of money out of an IRA account, that could put you into a higher tax bracket. One of the bigger things over the last year or so that people have been doing more of is uh, converting traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs Um, and, you know, paying the taxes now. We can help with that, too. Yep. But the timing of income in general is a critically important subject. Why pay more taxes to the government if you don't have to? Those who plan can pay less. And you can reduce expenses. You can pay down debt. You can have a simpler 
uh, lifestyle. Ideally, when you go into retirement, you don't want to have any debt if you can avoid it. Right, and that's another thing that we help people with all the time. We we don't just help people, you know, with investments and life insurance and those things. One of the first things that we do, in fact, is we go over somebody's budget, and whether they're retired or not, um, we. It's just simply one of the first things that we do. Uh, we need to know what's coming in and what's going out of your household every month. And then we, um, you know, if, if you've got a, a, a deficit and then you're thinking about retiring and your income is going to be reduced because you're no longer going to have that um, pay from your, your job and you're going to have just Social Security, well, that might be a problem. So we might work with you and try to figure out ways to reduce your budget, maybe eliminating some things that you don't think that you... Um, can do away with and then you realize that you can or we talk to you about how you can reduce your cable bill or your cell phone bill and you know go on from there. We have a bunch more things we're going to talk about so we're going to go through the next uh, few pieces of information a little quickly. Uh, always remember that when you are 65 and older and collecting Medicare insurance perhaps or uh, you pay for the premiums on that and that gets deducted out of your social security check. So a quick summary on when to apply for Social Security. Here's some key points. If you apply early, your benefit starts lower and stays lower for life. By the way, if you want to reverse that decision, can you reverse that decision? Does anybody know? You used to be able to, but not anymore. You can do it well, for you can, one year. I was going to say you have a very limited time now before you could actually. So if you've started collecting Social Security and you think, whoops, maybe I made the wrong decision, it used to be you could always reverse that decision for any time just pay back the benefits. Now you've got a one-year period, you can reverse that decision. So just remember that if you started to collect recently, you will get cost of living increases. Um, that's going to magnify um, the impact of any delayed claiming. The, more, the longer you live, the more benefit it's going to be. Um, your benefit could be taxed. It's going to be reduced to pay Medicare premiums. Delaying benefits may also give your surviving spouse more income. So, again, case-by-case case basis, um, if, you know, you're maybe not in good health, but your spouse is, um, it's just another conversation to have. I'm going to jump up to uh, point 40, 42 here. If you are a couple, you should always maximize the higher earner's benefit because that's going to protect the surviving spouse. When one person in the couple dies, the surviving person, surviving spouse, is going to collect one check only, but it's going to be the larger of the two checks. So it's very important, especially if it was a man making a higher check, to wait a little longer to collect because it's going to be a higher amount for his wife when he dies first, but also her check is going to go away. So it's doubly important to try to maximize it. Uh, there's something called a spousal benefit. Um, the rules for spousal benefit, we don't have time to go into all the numbers. Real quick, the primary worker, let's again pick on the husband and say it's the husband, must have filed for his benefits. Ideally, he did so at full retirement age. His spouse has to be at least 62. Uh, if she's also full retirement age, then she can collect as much as 50% of his check and if that's more than her check, the couple, as a couple, are going to make more money. Right. So just to simplify that, say both spouses' full retirement age is 66. Say they are both, you know, their birthdays are right around the same month and year. If John, just as an example, if his primary, primary insurance amount is $2,000, and if she is um, the same age as he is, and, they, and she starts to collect a benefit off of him, she will collect exactly 50%. Uh, if she's younger and goes to collect, then she will have a reduction in the spousal benefits because she's not at her full retirement age. So George Burns once said, I can remember when the air was clean and sex was dirty. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. But anyway... I just had to break the ice here a little bit, Pete. Notice I always stay silent when there's something I think that you say is not... No, he doesn't just stay silent, ladies and gentlemen. He rolls his eyes at me. He gives evil looks. <laughs> he gives the old evil eye. <laughs> so let's go through a couple of quick summary points. Um, always look to see how can I maximize strategy. 
And don't just assume it's going to be, I'm going to collect mine right now at 62. My husband's going to wait until 66 or 67. You've got to do the formula. You've got to do the math on it. The fact is, Social Security is complicated. Yeah, it really is complicated. And again, especially if you're talking about spousal benefits and maximizing spousal benefits. So uh, Peter's happy to do a custom maximization analysis for you, uh, particularly if you haven't already started to claim. And again, back to what we said at the beginning, what if you're widowed or divorced? How does that impact your Social Security claiming strategy? We can review that with you as well. And especially if you've been married for 10 years before you were divorced. So you could be eligible for survivor benefits. If you're not doing that now or not collecting that now, get a checkup. And, you know, maybe your benefits will increase. We can review that for you as well. And survivor benefits, we can just go on and on and on. We're skimming through a lot of information right now. Yeah, we're only about... 60, 65% through all of our paper. To <laughs> here's, here's a quick one on um, point 55 on here. Here's some rules for survivor benefits. Uh, the couple has to have been married for at least nine months in order for the surviving spouse to collect survivor benefits. I realized that that impacted my uncle and his second wife because they were married something like, how much, what is it, six months? Nine months. Nine months. They were married something like eight months, and he died, and she could not get his benefits. Did he die in an accident? No. Because if you die in an accident, it doesn't matter how long you're married. You could be married a month and have an accident. But otherwise, you have to have been married for nine months. So, gosh, that was unfortunate. I so I guess if, she should have propped him up. If, <laughs> that's very nice. Sorry. <laughs> like Weekend at Bernie's, if you've ever seen that. <laughs> yes. um, so, But any of you uh, single men or women out there, if you have a really high Social Security benefit, don't let anybody know that when you're dating because, you know, you might get in an accident after a month of dating. <laughs> second marriages are always no, interesting. I always tell clients, so if you're going to get married a second time, make sure you shop up. Find somebody with a larger Social Security check than yours. You're going to get a bigger social, a bigger survivor benefit. By the way, the survivor has to be at least 60 years of age in order to collect any benefit, and it'll be a reduced benefit. If you're full retirement age, you'll get the full benefit. So lots of really interesting, complicated, picky rules. Um, and if you think you were married for 10 years and then you got divorced and then you want to go collect, you cannot have remarried. If you remarried, you're stuck. That's why you see some divorced couples otherwise being, being able to collect and they just choose to live with somebody else and they don't get married. We only have about a minute left. Would you like to share any more inappropriate quotes from anyone? Yeah, gee, this is really more complicated than I realized. So um, I think we've reached the end. Uh, don't hurt your retirement by making terrible, costly decisions. Let us help you. Give a call. That's the most important tagline here is that people should get some good advice. My and last important point. You just totally interrupted her. I'm sorry. We only got 10 seconds left. We got to sign off. Bye, Tenny. I love Bye, you. Bye, folks. Bye, Pete. I love you. Hey, love you too. We are done, ladies and gentlemen. Social Security is not allowed to give you advice. See you next week. We're done.